You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week, I have another phenomenal guest in the guest chair, Miss Joy Osahan. Joy is a Nigerian-American woman who gave God her yes to launch a blog site back in 2015 following a breakup. Since then, Joy's thought-provoking and relatable blogs, social media posts, and motivational videos have deeply impacted the lives of many women and men throughout the world. Her infectious smile and warm spirit have led her to connect and serve individuals throughout her personal and professional journey. As a result, Joy's passion cultivated her to become a faith blogger, empowerment speaker, certified life coach, and author of This Is Not Your Typical Finding Your Purpose book. When often asked what keeps her going, she states that her mission is to empower and equip women, youths, and young adults to speak with joy despite life's circumstances in the area of faith, purpose, and relationship. This was such an amazing interview to do, and I'm so excited to have Joy in the guest chair. So let's welcome Joy to the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. Joy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. We love to talk about purpose. So I knew you would be the perfect person to talk to about this topic. But before we jump into it, tell us a fun fact about you that's not in your bio. A fun fact. I would say a fun fact about me, which is probably, oh, I used to run indoor track, outdoor track and cross country throughout high school and during my first two years of undergrad. Well, <laughs> any time I, I talk to somebody who, who is a runner, I'm just like, I wish I had that in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's such an amazing thing. And once you put your mind to something like, you know, athletics, it really helps in all areas of your life. But it just brings me back to the days of high school and middle school where we had to run cross country. And I was not a fan. I used to run out of the gate to my school and then sort of as soon as the gym teacher couldn't see me walk. <laughs> I was one of those people, but that is really, that's a really interesting fact. Thank you. And you know what? Running is such a mindset thing. Um, and that was literally the first time I realized like, wow, like if I actually think I'm going to finish this race, I can actually finish this. So I love it. I miss it time to time competing. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Our mindset really, really controls our ability um, to get things done, because if we can't get our mind on track, then nothing else falls into line. Absolutely. So we heard from your bio that you are a faith blogger, an empowerment speaker, 
a certified life coach and an author. Tell us how you came on this journey to this career path. Yeah. So when I tell people this story, they're just like, wait a minute, what? So all of this started after dealing with the breakup. So prior to a particular, it was a specific relationship I was in, which was over seven years ago. I literally was like living life safe. So just what that looked like was I was finishing on my master's degree. I was working. I had a boyfriend and I was involved in church. Like I was a Sunday school teacher. I was attending church regularly. And I literally thought that that was it. Like I thought that, you know what, this is it. And there is nothing more in life. Right. And it wasn't until he broke up with me where I was actually forced to like look at my life completely differently. So having to go through the mourning process of, you know, when you are heartbroken, you it's okay to mourn a relationship. But at that same time, I'm so thankful to God. Like I had a mentor at that time that literally was like, Joy, you need to start a blog. And I asked her, what is a blog? And she explained it to me. And I was like, you know what? I like this. Like, I like the sound of this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And and the reason why she told me to do this was because she was like, you know what? There's so many lessons that you learned in that relationship. And there's going to be more lessons that you're going to learn that, that you need to share this with the world. Thankfully, she was a woman of God as well. So she literally saw something that I didn't see in myself. And so it was funny because it was around New Year's Eve on that particular, it was probably like a month after. And I was just like, you know what? The blog is going to be titled Emotional Leakage Through Ink. Immediately like that. Now, when people ask me about the, the original name of my blog, they're like, how do you think about a very deep title? And I was like, it was all gone. It has nothing to do with me because I'm not, I'm creative, but I'm not that creative. Right. And so once I started blogging, which is important why you have to give God your yes. Once I was blogging and I was consistent with it, I was faithful with it. I ended up speaking. And then there was an opportunity where somebody brought my way and they're like, Joy, you know, I see you doing all these blogs. I really think it's important for you to probably like speak to other women about it. So I did the speaking opportunity. And with this speaking opportunity, I started realizing like, I like this. Like, I love the fact that I'm able to share my story in a way that's relatable in a way that I'm able to give other people advice that's applicable, right? That's tangible. And then once I was doing that and I was consistent with that, it opened up the door to write and to be an author. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, uh, maybe I should, you know, write something here and there, but I never really gave it great thought. And it wasn't until I was getting random Instagram messages from people who didn't know me from a can of paint, from a can of worms. And they literally would say, Hey, Joy, when, when is your book coming out? And I'm like, I don't have a book at all. And I remember undergrad years ago, I posted something on Facebook saying that you all are going to see my name on the book, but that was for poetry because I used to be a poet back in the day. And I clearly never did anything with that, but it wasn't until like I was giving God yes to other areas of my life, other opportunities began to open. So it was one of those things I realized like in the, 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 there's a verse that comes to my mind is if you're faithful with a few things, God will give you more. And it was when I had to be faithful with, with whatever God was giving me, he was like, all right, Joy, yes, you actually gave me your yes. I'm going to stretch you into various areas. And that's how it all came about. And it started with like pain, right? And like my stance is like purpose is birth through 
pain. And so I got clarity on what God wanted me to do with my life really at the beginning of a very painful moment. Wow. What an amazing journey. And a lot of the things that you said so echoed and reminded me of my journey because I started with speaking and then I went to blogging, which evolved into podcasting, which is what I'm doing today. But I really want to unpack some of the things you said. I want to start with, you said you were living life safe. And I feel like that is something that a lot of us do. And sometimes we don't even realize that we are living life safe. So first, I want you to tell us, what does it mean to live life safe? And then tell us some of the signs to know that, you know, we're living life safe and not living full out the way God would have us to. Yes. So living life safe can look like you are giving your basic effort, right? I think we have to be really honest with ourselves, right? And that's one of the things that it's important for people to be self-aware enough to know, am I really putting my all in whatever it is I'm doing, or am I putting a little bit of effort? And so that honestly was a sign for me because I realized like I was just going through the basic, um, rounds of life. Like I was working a job, which was fine, but the job wasn't challenging me in a way that I felt like I can be stretched and used. But what I would say, ultimately, I realized, like, I realized now even more how much of a safe life I was living because what the, the life I was living wasn't benefiting anybody else but me. It wasn't benefiting anybody else, but honestly, people who were close to me, right? Like my like close circle and by, and, and with benefit, I'm talking about like, these are the people that I was going to brunch with, I was going out with. And like, that was that, like I wasn't being very impactful in their lives as much as I wanted to do. So a clear sign on how a person is living life safe is, is everything you're going through, someone else's how to look, right? Are you living life where you're actually serving people? And serving people doesn't have to be hosting a conference every month. They're hosting a conference every year because conferences are great, but that doesn't, like when it comes down to serving people, it's not limited to that. And so living a life where you're serving others can literally look like you are going to a cafe shop. And of course I'm going to use cafe because I love coffee. Um, you're going to a coffee shop and you're like, God, I, I, I want to live a life that is going to be serving people. And in that instance, it can be you randomly buying people coffee, right? And by randomly buying people coffee, it doesn't mean you have to always put it on social media, right? Because we're in a social media world where people want the praise from other people publicly. And I'm going to be honest, I want the praise from God privately, because when I get that praise and, and, and I'm pleasing God Privately, he'll make things known publicly, right? So it's one of those things where I wasn't doing anything where 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 I think about my mindset was focused on other people. My mindset was focused on me. It was focused on my desires. It was focused on my mindset. I wasn't thinking about anybody else, to be quite honest. Of course, when I was in that relationship, I was thinking about him. I was thinking about our future. But I wasn't thinking about if I have a future with him, how can this benefit other people? Right. And when you when you think about the life of Jesus, Jesus was literally never living life safe. Homie was out here. 
healing people, blessing people, rebuking people. Like his life, like him waking up in the morning was someone else's answered prayer. And that's how you know. Like if you just feel like there's something missing and it's usually geared towards people who might be making all the money, the people who might be traveling, people still feel empty. And the reason why is because they know that honestly, there is more for them to do in life. And they're just doing things that only benefit them. We talk about um, that, I, I want to call it the aha moment when you're living your life and you think to yourself, you know, there must be more to life than this. And I remember that moment very clearly. It was like right after I came back from university, I had finished my master's. I was 21. I was feeling myself and I started working um, as a lawyer. And I think it was like, it wasn't even a year into it. And I was like, I'm ready to retire. Like, this isn't it. Like this, this cannot be it. I cannot understand how uh, such an amazing God would make such a mundane life for people to live. And that's when I discovered that, no, he didn't. (laughs) You're just not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So I think it's very important. And I love the way you worded it, that, you know, every, every day we wake up, just like Jesus is an answered prayer, we are also someone's answered prayer, but first we have to be in tuned and in line with our purpose. And also we have to be making sure, like you said, that we're giving God our yes and being completely obedient. It's because only in that way will what we are meant to do help those people that we are assigned to help. So we're having this amazing conversation. Like it's really amazing. We're in about 50 minutes in, but I want to know what are some of the struggles you actually, before I even get to the struggles, let's just clarify what purpose is. How would you define purpose? Great question. So purpose is serving people through your gifts, your talents, your lessons, your heart. It's all about your, your like existence, really just like benefiting someone else. So that's the way I view purpose and what it means to be purpose driven. I love that purpose is serving people through your gifts and your talents. And I love looking at it like that because it's more about who you are than what exactly it is you're doing. So for example, you can serve people in different ways and different avenues. And I, I love to, to dig into this because sometimes when people think about their purpose, they think about one thing. But my purpose might be to help and advocate for people. I can do that at work as a lawyer advocating for victims. I can do that on this podcast as I talk to other women and help you learn different things. I can do that on Instagram. I can do it in so many different ways. But I think when we get um, stuck in our head thinking that there's this just one major thing that we're supposed to be doing, we miss out. I see you nodding your head. What do you have to say in the gems I'm nodding because I agree with you because I feel like purpose has just become so overly complicated so when you talked about the example of you are advocating for people on your job 
as well as on your podcast. I think people have to really be very realistic and very clear about purpose in a sense like, okay, we know that in my purpose, it's like being an author and, you know, writing a book to help people, you know, posting blogs that can benefit other people, but I'm not always blogging. I am not always writing books. So just even now, if I'm going to walk to a store, I'm still operating just with the mindset of how can it be of a benefit to someone else? And so I love the fact that you mentioned like it's not just this one thing. It's so nuanced. And I think honestly, when people realize that they will literally have like, I think people will stop being very anxious about purpose and they, and, and they will literally have a mindset of, oh, I can breathe. Like I can stop stressing, trying to find this one thing and I can start to live a life that is as intentional as possible. But there is a, you know, like there's, there's something that people have to remember. You want to live an intentional life. You need to get to the person who gave you life, which is God. And that's the missing piece when it comes down to purpose. People can launch all the businesses in the world that's making them the six figures, eight figures, nine figures. But again, until you're connected with the one that empowered you, first of all, you may not be doing the things that honestly God wants you to do, right? And so I think it's about if you want to know what you're supposed to do, know the person who literally created you. And that's the part where it gets kind of like difficult for people. They're so busy trying to figure out, yes, you, you in purpose, you have to know who you are, like you have to take that moment where you're, you're, you just get to know yourself, right? You are dating yourself. But in, but with that, the first thing that comes first is God, because you, you can start something, but who's the person that's going to get you through it and get you accomplishing it? It's God. It's no one else. You know, it is not our education. It is not our connections. While all those things are beneficial and helpful, but in the end, and this and this is something that I'm seeing more and more clear as day is like, it's God. Like, I need God. Like, I can't do any of this without God. I love that because it is the truth. No matter how many books you read, how many connections you make, networking, money, when you don't have God, you don't have the solid foundation, right? It's like um, that saying where they say, you know, don't build your house on sinking sand. You want to make sure that you have a solid foundation to make sure that you are doing what God has called you to be, um, doing what God has called you to do. And I, I, I love how you said, you know, you can walk out of your house every day and have a servant's heart and say, you know, God, how can I be of assistance? Who do you need me to assist today? It may not be in the way that you're known for. Like you said, it may not be in the way we're on the podcast or while I'm at work. It might be the silent moments where I meet somebody in the street that I've, I've never come across. And God says, you know what? Encourage them and you encourage them. So I love that, you know, we shouldn't focus on a big thing. And I, I and when you said that, another thing that sort of flipped it for me that came into my head is when we focus on trying to find this big thing that we think purpose is, we tend to start running away from what we're actually supposed to be doing. And 
I just like I felt like the Holy Spirit just dropped that into me. And I was like, are you te- are you talking to me? <laughs> like, are you t- are you trying to uh, give me a read while I'm doing an interview? But it's true because chasing that big thing that you think your purpose is will distract you from what God has already called you to do and what you should be doing. God can hone your skills in a season. And because you don't want that season that you're currently in, right? You want that big thing. You want that big stage. You want that, you know, best-selling author. You want everything that you see on Instagram. When God was is like, listen, I need you here right now because here is where you're making a difference. Here is where you're growing. Here is where I'm pruning you. And that just reminds me of David out in the field, right? With with the sheep. Yeah, he was called to be king, but he still stayed and honed his skills and learned his music. And God brought him up in the way that he wanted him to be brought forth. But if we start thinking that we can do it our way, right, that it needs to be done in our time, we miss out on the valuable lessons and we also prolong our journey. You are preach it and I'm just like yes convict me convict me it's so so true and when you talked about we're so caught up chasing all these big titles and such that once we get it are we even a sense of feeling full from it and a lot of the times we're not full because of the fact that we're missing out on God and I also think to even add to your point is being popular does not mean you're being impactful Mm. And that's the part that people get a little bit iffy on, right? Like you can be popular, you can have thousands of followers, but when someone's really going through it, are they going to seek your advice? Or, you know, maybe they are, right? But popularity doesn't mean impact. Having a like on social media doesn't mean that you are healing parts of people that are reading your posts. Some people like entertainment, right? And so we get so caught up in the numbers game that we forget about the favor game. The favor comes from God. It doesn't come from the amount of likes. There are people that may not have a huge following, but have favor in their business where they're closing major deals. And how is that possible? Favor from God. And when I started realizing that, I'm like, yeah, no, 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 God, Mm -mm. I don't I don't care about my following. I don't care about the likes. I care about the favor that comes from you because we get so caught up in this in this facade of popularity to the extent where 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 someone feels like if they're popular, they've made it when God is like, I'm still waiting for you to get to where I need you to be like just you're not even close there yet because we, we seek validation from, from honestly other people. And so once I started realizing that, I'm just like, you know what, God, right. Just right now in my life, I am too afraid to tell God, no. If So if God tells me I need to do something, all right, God, I'm on it. Like, I, like, I, I'm too afraid to just be like, oh, you know, like, I don't know what everybody else is going to say. I don't know what everybody else is going to think. No, if God's like, now is the season for you to do this. I need you to work on this now. I don't care about honesty, popularity. I don't care about if people go like the post or not. I need you to do this. And once I started operating with that kind of mindset and that kind of conviction, I was like, all right. That's why I kept giving God my yes. Even when I was posting things 
and it wasn't a lot of views. It wasn't a lot of likes. I was like, well, got to still post it again. Right. Because I knew in the end, God, God is the only one that sees all things. Right. There are people who can say, wow, I can see you going places. But God, it's it is validated from God that you that pretty much you absolutely are going to go to places. Yes, it all comes from God. And one thing you said that really stood out is, are you more focused on being entertaining or impactful? Entertainment or being an entertainer, that's great. But as Christians, especially, we are called to be impactful. So it doesn't matter, like you said, and and it's probably, well, it definitely is just the generation and the way the internet has evolved, where we feel like in order to be successful, we need to have so many likes, we need to have so many followers. If we don't feel like people are responding in the way that we think they are responding, then we don't know. We don't know. We're just like, well, they're not responding. Then this must not be right. And this must not be God. And God's saying, no, you be faithful. If I can just tell you guys on the podcast, a quick testimony, being faithful is important. When I started this podcast, I was disobedient. By disobedient, I mean, I delayed my start date by six months for no reason. Anyway, I start the podcast and it's going great and people are listening and I'm just thanking God and I'm seeking out who I should have on the show and things like that. And finally, you know, I find a book. I like the author. I have the author on the show. The author is great. Love her book. We become, um, no, I enter, I enter, I invite her to an event that I'm having for singles. She comes and she's the speaker as a result of her coming and being a speaker her husband comes and her husband brings his friend, right? His friend comes to the event. He stays there. We get to talking. We're almost one year later and um, we've been married for a year, me and her friend, right? And all of this happened because I was obedient in doing the podcast, obedient in being consistent, obedient because she came on on episode eight. I think we're like episode 120 something. Episode eight, okay? Let me tell you about episode eight. Episode eight was back when I was still having just friends and family (laughs) coming to tune in every week for an episode, just obliging me. That's how long ago that was. But I was still consistent because after eight weeks or episode eight, I think that would have been about two months, right? I could have said, well, Lord, nobody's listening. So maybe I should call it quits. Like it's been two months, nobody's listening. But just because of the consistency and the fact that I kept going, that I was able to make amazing connection, which is my husband with so many other great connections. And I've been able to bring so many great women to my platform to share with you guys. So it's so important that you continue to say yes to God, even when nobody else is watching, right? Because you don't know what he's doing. And, but you get a front row seat to the journey that he's taking you on, which is absolutely amazing. Praise the Lord. So any woman that is single, right? Like I think single women, we, you know, especially when it comes down to being single, being a Christian and dating, right? The more you understand purpose and purpose when it comes up to your life, the more you realize why, like, I know for me, I looked in the past and I'm just like, Lord, I can see why. 
this like this person did not work out or this person could never work out because they are not supposed to be for me because they would have hindered me doing the things that pretty much that, that pretty much God wanted me to do. And for single women, sometimes like we get so caught up and there's there's nothing with having a desire for wanting to be with someone. There's nothing wrong with going out on dates. There's nothing wrong with putting yourself in, in places to meet someone. But also while you're doing that, also make sure you're doing the things that God told you to do. Because there's a woman probably listening right now that knows she should be writing her book. But yet she's putting all her energy trying to find this person, which is, you know, it's cool if you want to do it. But you can still be writing your book because while you're writing your book, you're actually being convicted. Like, wait a minute, there are some things that I'm going to need to change. You know, especially when it comes down to dating or, 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 or with the kind of person you want to be what starts to change. And there, and there's something that God is having me work on now. When I tell you, this is a, pruning process. And I'm realizing like my entire taste in men is completely shifting based off of what God is having me do right now Mm -hmm. in my secret place. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Oh shoot. I can't even go after this type of man anymore. Dang. Like, and I'm just like, wow. So when you're doing the things that God has called you to do, it's like, it's not only going to be for other people too. It's, it's honestly pruning you. Mm-hmm. It's pruning you. It's cultivating you. It's shaping you. It's changing your mindset. It's changing the way you view things, and it's for your own good. Um, and that, and it's crazy because I never thought about that until honestly, right now, never thought about that until right now, based off of this conversation we're having. And that is an amazing revelation to have because I'm like, Lord, you know, as a single woman, what's going on? But then I'm like, No, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. What you're having me do right now is actually shaping the kind of person that I need to be giving my time to. That is, God be knowing what he's doing. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely love that. And I completely agree because it's something about that doing season. When you are in a season of doing and obeying God, um, Somebody said to me, you know, well, we talk and all we know the scripture that he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. But you can't be focused on waiting to be found. You get distracted because you are basically, and as a single woman, I remember you're sort of peacocking, right? You go to church, you go to some conference, got on your vest, you're peacocking just to say, oh, he looks cute, praise the Lord, and things like that. But you're not focusing on what God would have you to do. But if you're focused on your doing and what God is doing, what you're doing for God and what God is doing in you, when, as my mom likes to call it, he who findeth a good wife comes along, he sees you operating in your purpose. He sees you operating in the fullness of what God has, has you doing. And also So the right man who God has for you would be attracted to that. And also the wrong man who is not for you will be distracted and want to go the other way. Because listen, as equally as we want the right man to come along, we need the wrong ones to get cracking before they even say hello. And if we're doing what God has called us to do, the wrong people who can't take that type of woman who might be always praying or always seeking God, they're like, oh, she's not for me. (laughs) And you're like, yes, I'm not for you. Because God has assigned somebody. So if we just focus for a second more on doing and being, I mean, when my husband met me, 
I was hosting a singles conference, right? So I was up there talking about purpose, actually. That was my topic. Was the first speaker I talked about purpose and how important it is to make sure that you're in line with your purpose during this season of singleness. That's that's my, that was my topic. That's the first thing he he walked in. He saw me. I'm on the stage. I'm talking, and he's sitting down. I was doing right. So I think it's important, ladies, listening to this, that we don't get distracted with other things, but. Our, our, our main focus should be on doing what God has called us to do, getting in a deeper relationship with God, saying yes to even those things that scare you, that sound like, Lord, are you sure you want me? <laughs> you want me to do this? And you just saying, you know what? Okay, yes. Because listen, when God is anointing you and appointing you and guiding your path, even the most scariest things, he, he's got it. He's absolutely got it. So I want to ask you, because now we we went down a rabbit hole and I loved it. (laughs) I absolutely love it. But you, I want to get into the book that you wrote, right? This is not your typical find your work, your purpose workbook. Tell us why you decided to write that. And please tell us about the title. Yes. So when, so it's interesting. So the first book, um, so I ended up writing, um, this is not your typical finding your purpose book. And then I recently released the, it's a workbook with it. Um, so when I wrote this book, this was before everyone was really talking about purpose, right? Like I remember when Mike Todd was preaching about purpose, maybe like last year, right? Um, this was before that. And so while I was writing, so First, the purpose of the book isn't to promise anyone that that at the end of this book, they're going to find purpose. However, the the ultimate goal is to change the way how people view purpose and what it truly means to be purpose driven. And so when I was writing the book, I kid you not, I was like, God, you sure you want me to write this? Because I don't want to write it. I really did not want to write it. At that moment, I was like, God, you know, in the past, I told you yes to blogging. I told you yes to speaking. I don't know about this yes to this book, Um, but God will make you feel very uneasy until you give him a yes. And that's what happened. So God had to get me back on track. But when I was writing it, there was things that I was writing and I'm just like, this is a very bold statement, right? Stating that purpose is often birthed through pain. Like, why would I be writing? Like, why would I write that? Like, that's very bold for me to say, Um, but I still did it. Right. Because like you said, there are things that God's going to tell you to do. That's going to scare you. And a lot of the times it ain't going to make no sense, but when God tells you to do it, he'll grace you to do it. And so ironically, after I released my book, it's about a year later with pastor Mike Todd is preaching about purpose. Everyone else is talking about it. And there are things that pastor Mike Todd said that I was like, wait a minute, I put that in my book. And in that moment, I was just like, wow, that for me was like, it was a confirmation that I honestly needed where I'm just like, wait a minute. So what I said actually makes sense. And it it wasn't just from him. It was from other conversations that was taking place. And so even the title, like that was the initial title. Like there are some times whenever I'm like, all right, God, I'm about to do something. Tell me what I got to say. And I'm just like lost, right? But then there are moments in which God just tells me this is what it's going to be. 
So in the end, when I was done with the book and I was like, all right, I'm done. I already had it edited and everything. And I'm just like this title because I, I didn't want it to be that. But then after I wrote the book, I was like, wait a minute. This is not your typical finding your purpose book. This is it. And it was interesting because for some reason I envisioned a yellow couch. Um, ironically, I have a yellow couch, right? I was like, I know I need to get a yellow couch. And there was like symbolism with like the colors. Yellow is bright. It's calming. Um, because I wanted people to have a seat, to have a seat and to, and to actually breathe and to be, and to be relaxed when it comes on to purpose. So ultimately it was a book that my first book and definitely won't be the last where I'm just like, I cannot believe out of all the first books I can write, let it be about a topic that I grew up not ever really hearing about. And so I wrote it in a way, I wrote in a way that I knew I would have found it to be beneficial if honestly I read it right after the breakup I experienced. So it's very clear. It's very straight to the point. Um, and it, again, the ultimate goal is to bring, it's to bring clarity. I appreciate how God sent you down that journey so that you'd be able to help people and help them bring clarity. And just the title makes you think, right? So on um, my course, we have a Find Your Purpose workbook, right? So when I came across yours and I was doing research, I, I saw not your typical Find Your Purpose. I said, oh, I'm intrigued now. What is what is this about? And, and I think it's amazing. I want you to tell us one of the ways that you challenge people on how to think about purpose? Great question. One of the ways I challenge people is to change the way they view their pain. So in that book, there's a section in which, in which I talk about when you are experiencing pain, yes, you're supposed to experience it. Give You have to give yourself that moment to feel and mourn, but you still ultimately still have to make a choice. And I said in the book, you can either treat your pain like a house and when you have a house, you are going to decorate the house. You're going to fill it up with great furniture. Why? Because you ultimately are going to stay there for years to come. You do not plan to move right away, right? And so when you treat your pain like a house, you're literally telling your pain, well, come on in. You need to make yourself comfortable. You ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be stagnant. And that is it. Or, or you can ultimately treat your pain like a hotel stay. When you check into a hotel, your ultimate goal, you would eventually check out, right? So when you're treating your pain like a hotel stay, you are literally telling your pain, come on in. I'm going to give myself the permission to feel, to mourn, to be sad, to be angry, to be mad, all of that and more. But eventually I'm making the decision to leave and to move forward. And in that challenge, again, when I'm writing it, I'm like, Lord, this is bold. Like, so you mean to tell me? That again, from my personal experience, when I dealt with that heartbreak, I still had to make a decision. I could have literally, I literally could have just been bitter or I could have been, no, this is sad. This was painful, but there's still more. I need to move forward. And so challenging people to, to, to begin to look at pain like that, because sometimes we, we, we paint this picture of pain where it's actually very toxic and harmful. And we tell people that, okay, you're going through it. But again, I don't want you to speak about it. I don't want you to cry about it. I don't want you to complain about it or vent about it. You're still a human being. However, there is a point in which 
you have to make a decision on what you plan to do with it. So challenging people in that regard, I'm not going to lie. It was scary. It was scary as ever, but it was one of those, again, it was one of those things where it's like, God, this don't make no sense. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ruffle a couple of feathers, but I'm so happy I did. That is, wow. <laughs> that is such a way to challenge the thought process and, you know, treating your pain like a hotel stay, that that speaks volumes. Because like you said, we have to feel these things, but whether we choose to live there, to stay in it, to not move on from it, it's what is going to make a difference. And we've all been through certain periods of our lives where we may have just sat in our pain, But I love the mindset shift that you're encouraging for people to just go get it out, cry it out, do what you need to do to deal with it, and then pick it up and say, you know what, God, I've been through this experience. What am I to do with it? What is going to be birthed from this experience? So definitely, if you feel like you have been treating your pain like a home, and you want to, you know, dig into how you can treat it like a hotel stay, definitely contact Joy, get her book and read, (laughs) read it and learn what you can do um, with, with your pain and how you can birth purpose. So before we go, I want to ask you, what are your tips for moving from pain into purpose? Yeah, so very, uh, so here are a couple of tips. Of course, they vary from person to person. Ultimately, go to God, be real with God. Don't go to God in a sense where it's like, Father, you are the great I am. Lord, I'm so thankful you know that I went through this pain because you don't feel that way, right? Be real with God with your prayers and be like, God, you are great. But Lord, this hurts. God, this hurts. And the good thing about God is even if your prayers are just, teardrops and their cries, God can interpret them. That's how smart God is, right? So being real with God, making a decision, right? So you're making this decision to 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 actually treat your pain like a hotel. Sometimes that entails you going to therapy, right? Because God has equipped people to be able to help you in your healing process. Now, granted, you still got to pray about the kind of therapist you get because everybody ain't from God, right? And everyone's motives aren't pure. But I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm in therapy. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you don't have to go through the healing process alone. And then also another thing, and again, I'm going to cap it at here because I can go hours and hours about this. But um, one of the things I will say is using the time to get to know you. Sometimes when we go through pain, it can it can change the way we view ourselves, right? And we end up being strangers to ourselves. So taking the time to try new things, right? So for some people, they don't want to try anything by themselves. I'm all about go alone, just do things by yourself. Do not wait to rile up a group. Really, in order for you to, to if you want to, if you want to go to a new restaurant that you've always wanted to go, go by yourself. You can put AirPods in your ears and act like you're listening to music or listen to music, right? But using this time to rediscover you, and you'll start to see the beauty of life again because pain does change us, right? But it, but it, but it doesn't 
have to um, handicap us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those are my tips. <laughs> yes. Pain changes us, but it doesn't have to handicap us. This has been such a phenomenal conversation. And I can just tell that if we sat here for another three hours, we can still go on and talk about it because there's so much more to, to, to talk about in so many areas that we can dive into. But what I want you guys who are listening is to connect with Joy. You know, I will put all of her information in the show notes so that you can follow her. You can follow her blog. You can get her book. But I think it's important because she has been dropping gems all episode long. So you need to go and get this on a more frequent basis, not just from this one episode. So Joy, before we go, please tell Tell us how we can connect with you. Yeah, so you can connect to me on Instagram, Speak With Joy, or you can check my website out at www.speakwithjoy.net. And then that also has all of my handles and my email address. All right, you heard it from Joy. And of course, I will put it in your show notes so that you can connect with her. Joy, thank you again. This has been absolutely amazing. And I'm sure if you take away one thing from this episode, it's to draw nearer to God. Let him spend some time refining you and really, and honestly, and most truly say yes. When he asks you just say yes. Joy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.